Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Action Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Wolf. What's up, Luke? How you doing, man? Good. I want to open with a question for you, okay? Okay, the question, okay, can I go Socratic on you? Well, you can, but it's going to be a fill in the blank. What's your question? Tom Brady will play for blank in 2023. <laughs> Nobody. Way to go, Tommy. Well, Way to go, see. Tommy. I'm so, no, he's done. He's done, and uh, I'm really, really proud of him. He's a class act uh, to end the way that he is and to go out the way that he is. I, I stand and applaud. Do you think he's on Gronk Beach? I'm watching the video right now, and they, he's on a beach. I, I didn't know Gronk Beach. Gronk Beach is coming to Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I don't know See, what it I is. Mean, you're all over well, this. Just because I'm doing these reads again, every day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Gronk Beach, is, it's almost here. Okay, you've been doing that. My powers of observation, once again, are uh, <laughs> stunning, are they not? It's remarkable. Uh, all right. Let's get into the uh, the coaching stuff. We can we can delay this for so long. I thought about trying to do the whole show without saying Sean Payton's name, but we can't. So what is that? About twenty minutes after our show ended yesterday, it's kind of ironic. Our last segment of the show yesterday, Wolf, we were like, hey, why don't we talk about what Denver's doing? Because Denver is such a such a wild card here. What's going on with Denver? Why can't? Why are they like? Well, we can't get to Miko Ryan's, but all of a sudden we're talking to Jim Harbaugh and Sean Payton again. That's how we ended the show yesterday, and then twenty minutes later, he uh, he actually did sign with Denver. So, just your re- initial reaction to that, because for me, it raises a lot of questions that I don't know will ever get answered. Yeah, for me, once again, I was disappointed when I heard the news. Um, I had built up a hope that somehow, some way, Sean Payton was going to be the next head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. And anybody that has listened to me, I've been all over the board on this. I've been absolutely dead wrong so many different times. Um, that's okay. I'm wrong every day of my life. Just a failed and flawed human being. Um, so I'm not too worked up about it, but I will tell you, I, I, I was disappointed when I I saw the news come down, but not broken. I kind of like, and this is maybe Brady's, one of his better accomplishments in my book, the fact that he announced his retirement today and just sort of buried the Sean Payton news on all the national shows. <laughs> like we've got three TVs, and we've got ESPN on one of them. We've got FS1. We've got... Uh, We've got NFL Network on in the studio. None of them are talking about Sean Payton. They're all talking about Tom Brady, so take that. Yes. I just feel leveraged again. I mean, I, I don't know how else you can you can look at this. I, I, I just feel leveraged. And, and there's there's a certain point I wouldn't have given up, and I know we'll get into this later on. I, w- I wouldn't have given up a ton to get Payton, but I think what Denver gave up, the Cardinals could have given up. But if they didn't want him or he didn't want to be here and it was leverage play the whole time it doesn't really matter you know what I mean if it was just uh, I'm going to try and get more money out of Denver so I'm going to use Arizona that's fine he's allowed to do that and I'm allowed to root against Denver every time they play for the next five years <laughs> like it's free country but uh, if if it were a simple like what I didn't get was the argument yesterday of well the Cardinals couldn't give up the number three pick Denver gave up their Denver gave up the 30th pick in the draft it's not the same thing it is not the all. same thing yeah it is not the same thing thing. 
Um, listen, my only question, once again, through this whole process has really been, is this going to be the guy to reach Kyler Murray? Anybody that has listened to us talk about this, you know, this is this has been my question right here. It's it's really two part. Will he be the guy to actually reach Kyler Murray and teach him and develop him um, or will he not? And then the second part of that is Kyler Murray. Does Kyler Murray, you have to answer the question, does Kyler Murray believe that he needs to be fixed? That is a bigger question. If he doesn't, right there. And I've been talking about that for is. weeks, and you know that. You could have Jeff Saturday as your coach. If, if, if Kyler Murray doesn't feel like he needs to improve, or then it doesn't matter who your coach is. It really doesn't. Um, there's a way where it, Sean Payton going to another team doesn't sink the Cardinals. But there were... Like when you ask that question, how, how would he have been able to get through to Kyler Murray? It just feels like he was the surest thing. Yes, Sean, if, if Sean Payton. The odds. If he can't get through to Kyler Murray, then nobody can. Now, it doesn't mean nobody else can, but it means Sean Payton could have, if that makes sense. It does make sense, Luke. It does. But once again, um, there's this huge gap, as we all know, based on there's this huge gap between would he have been the guy and is he the guy? There's a huge gap. And there's only one way we're going to find that out. There's only one. And that is whoever's going to get the crack at Kyler Murray. (laughs) Whatever the coach is. That's how we're going to find out. Because that's the only way we'd all find out. You can't just sit there and say, oh, Sean Payton would have been able to do it. Um, His odds to me... We're the best, and that's why I wanted him. See, well, yeah, and that's that's where I'm, that's where I think everybody was. You look at Sean Payton, and you're like, that guy can get through to Kyler Murray, or nobody can. Now, it doesn't mean that he's the only one See, of these I disagree candidates. with that, right, dude? If Sean Payton couldn't or get through to Kyler Murray, can. if 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 Sean Payton can't do it, nobody can. You think Mike Kafka can? If Sean Payton I, can't, I I don't know. I honestly don't I know, know. But I don't want to play with the I, I don't knows anymore. I, uh, I want an actual like established head coach yeah, but in that, here. You know, once again, the, for me, Luke, this is just me. That that's my whole point. Sean Payton wasn't a guarantee that he was going to get to Kyler Murray. That's true. That, that's that, to, to say that that's a guarantee that Sean Payton would have been able to reach Kyler Murray and fix it is just false. But patently, he's, but he's the most likely of the names that are available. He's the most likely. Yeah, you're right about that. And see, that's the disconnect. That's the gap that I'm. I'm talking about the gap is oh he would have or he is the guy to fix Kyler um there's only one way we're ever going to get that answered and that's getting the opportunity again for the record I was disappointed but not broken yeah I'm with you there I mean I would feel a lot better if it was like hey the Cardinals hired Dan Quinn last week and then Denver hired Sean Payton yesterday you know what I mean it's it's a little unnerving to be one of the very last teams looking for a coach again because it's it's really hard to buy when you hire your coach. Oh, this guy was our choice all along. If it took four weeks and every other team got their coach first, it's just it's hard to believe that. Now, I, I will put a caveat to everything. At this point, to me, it's Brian Flores or Bust. And I'm not saying if they hire Lou Anarumo or somebody, that guy won't be a good coach. But I'm just, you know my feelings on this. If you go out and hire a, an unproven offensive coordinator, what guarantee do you have that that guy's going to be any better than Cliff Kingsbury was last year? And that was my whole stance last year when people were losing their minds. Oh, you got to fire Cliff. Fire Cliff if you have a plan to be better. If you fire Cliff Kingsbury and you go out and get Mike Kafka, you might just be getting the same guy. Yes. So no, you're, you're absolutely right about that. You might, and that's it. It's the odds. It's all about the odds. And that's the only reason why I was disappointed 
when the the news came down about Sean Payton and Sean Payton being a Denver Bronco. And also, too, can I also say right now, based on our needs, I think we are all disappointed because we all thought that from the very beginning. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yep. That's where he was going to go from the very beginning. So... You feel used, do you not? And you know what? I say, hey, listen, first of all, hear me well on this, ladies and gentlemen. I was a mercenary in the National Football League. The National Football League is the biggest mercenary league on the face of the planet, literally. Okay? It just is. And guys are out for themselves. And if you use entities as leverage, so be it. That's what mercenaries do. So I don't look at Sean Payton at all and say, oh, boy, you feel used. I think Sean Payton was interested. But that's the way that it goes when you're a mercenary and you're a free agent. You use one entity off the other. You use, boy, if you can get three, you've got the triangle. He's just another name on, on the list of people that have used Arizona yeah, I'm just sports. Saying, yes. You're right. He, he totally has the right to do it. But yes. like I said, we all have the right to hope the Broncos go 0-17 next year. <laughs> and good luck with Russ, by the way, because this is not like 2014, Russell Wilson. I just want to make it clear. I don't look at Sean Payton like he's some bad dude now. No, no, because he, you know, he used other entities as leverage. You hit the nail on the head when you said what's most frustrating about this is this is exactly what we all thought was going to happen four weeks. <laughs> ago so why did it have to be dragged out and then you know and i think you're about the same place i didn't start believing peyton was a real possibility i remember saying this until last friday what? i remember saying that the eight hour interview? Yes. <laughs> thursday and friday was the first time i even thought it was a possibility look at him and, cam cox got him coming out of the facility man. after eight hours my goodness we should have known the what cutoff. were they talking about in there next year it's got to be nine hours well i'll tell you what when when you this lesson learned when somebody interviews with your team for eight hours and then immediately starts tweeting about a different team on the plane ride home. That, that should have been it right there. <laughs> yeah, That exactly. should have been the tell. Uh, all right. When we come back over to basketball, the NBA trade deadline is a week from tomorrow. Would you be willing to trade Cam Johnson if the name coming back was right? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Sun's Day brought to you by Coco 5. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, over to basketball. Trying to look on the bright side yesterday with all the Peyton stuff, Wolf. I had this thought, okay? This is going to be the most positive thought I'm going to have probably all day throughout the show. Okay. And it might be two positive people they might just throw up. All the all the people that have uh, have have used the valley as leverage, whether it's Sean Payton or Peyton Manning or Andy Reid or however whoever you want to put in that category, I don't quite put Kevin Durant in there because I do think he actually did want to come here. But that's another one where it was just like, oh yeah, no, actually no, you don't get him. Yeah. We got Devin Booker, and Devin Booker I'd rather have than any of these fools anyway. So there yeah, we go. I All love right. it. Devin Booker, the player that he is, the mm-hmm. dude that he is, right? Professional. Man, the smoldering Devin Booker. I love his attitude. I love everything about him. I love his competitive nature, who he is, the way he goes out, two-way player. I love Book is awesome. Um, and so Booker, I'm assuming he's coming back here shortly. The Suns obviously on a nice run even without him, but there is more, and, and just get used to this for the next week, the trade speculation just continues to ramp up. There was a video with Shams yesterday talking about OG Ananobi and talking, and now OG, he was not talking about Jay Crowder and picks. And we were talking yesterday, it's like Jay Crowder doesn't make any sense for Toronto, so there's got to be another, there's got to be more to it. 
Shams is talking about like Cam Johnson and maybe Dario or Jay and Picks. I don't know that I want to give up Cam Johnson. And I would say even more so, I really don't think the Suns want to give up Cam Johnson. That's the guy. That's like James Jones' guy. Like, that was his. Yeah. I went on a limb and drafted this guy earlier than anybody else wanted him. And, and Cam's been good. I don't think. I'd be really surprised if, if James Jones trades Cam Johnson. You have to ask yourself this right now. Do you think Cam Johnson is done developing? No. You don't. You say that with certitude, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I was going to say, do you question No, that? I like that. I like the way you said it. No. No. You said it like you were barking. Yes. Mm. No. I love that because I feel exactly the same way. There's no way Camp Johnson is done developing right now. Would you say he's developed in a goodly fashion? <laughs> yes. Very goodly. Very, very goodly indeed. There's no way in the world I'm trading Camp Johnson for anybody unless you're talking about an established star player. Now, there's um there's a story that just popped up on Sportsnet within like the last 20 minutes. It was right right before our show. Sportsnet up obviously major Canadian sports website, right? And so they're looking at Toronto and there's one of the lines because the Raptors are basically the epicenter of this trade deadline as far as I'm concerned. And that's not breaking news. There's a line in here though that that says essentially um we can't keep our core together. You know, it's written from a Canadian perspective on basketball, and it's like you got Fred Van Vliet, you got OG Ananobi, you got Pascal Siakam. Uh, they just they can't afford to keep all those guys. Now, if you're the Suns, would you be able to afford to keep OG Ananobi if you didn't have to trade Cam Johnson and you still had Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges? No, probably not. Now, who knows what Chris Paul's future is? Who knows if you move DeAndre Ayton this summer? There's a bunch of different ways things could go. I would still be going all in on trying to get OG Ananobi, except I wouldn't want to trade Cam Johnson and picks for him. So it's all in light, basically. Yeah. Any any bench pieces or picks you want, I don't care about the Suns' first-round draft picks for the next five years. I just don't. Yeah. They have all of them. You can have two of them if you give me somebody that wins the Suns a title this year. So, it's interesting. You mentioned DeAndre Ayton right there. I did. <laughs> right? And it's very, very quiet on the, hey, DeAndre Ayton in January 15th. And, hey, the trade deadline is coming up. And uh, is, does anyone else find that a little suspicious right now? Or do you think this is just, I know you're feeling on this. There's no way he's going to be traded. I, I wouldn't That's say there's no mean? way. Okay. I, I just, I, I think. I put words in your mouth. Well, but, uh, I, but I don't think there's much. I, I, I would put the percent chance that he gets traded this offseason at like 30, 35, yeah. and the percent chance he gets traded before next Thursday at like 1. <laughs> I would say 1. So you're right. I basically say there's no chance he gets traded during the season. Did you see the way he played against the Toronto Raptors? I did. Way? Did you happen to notice that right there? Did you think that was a little weird, just I, watching him play? There was a lot of players in that game auditioning for the other team. He, um, It was amazing. I watched him. I wrote some notes down as I was watching him play. He was moving his feet so well, and that's always it. When you look at DA, watch his knee bend and watch how he's moving his feet. That's when you know he's engaged, big time. Yes, uh, he followed some shots to the rim. <laughs> you know, a lot more than more Good. than a handful. He followed a lot of shots to the rim. Go back and look at he. He got offensive boards. He tried. He tried to block out. He made a difference in the game. His twenty-two thirteen performance that factored into a win. But he looked engaged while doing it. And you have to ask why that is. 
He looked engaged doing it, and the reason being, of course, I think, is because the, 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 one of the rumors, one of the teams he was rumored to possibly uh, go to, the team that is interested in him, one of them, was the Toronto Raptors, to your point. Well, and because of that, you have to wonder if the clock is ticking. I do. I, you don't. I do. I, I think there are a lot of calls going on right now. Why wouldn't you? If you were somebody and you needed a big and you're thinking, man, the Suns and DeAndre Ayton. Okay, there's a little bit of smoke there. So let's go see if there's any kind of bonfire that's going on inside that locker room. See, yeah, I don't think he gets traded right now. I don't think your logic is flawed, though. And I, and I think that's where you have to you have to factor that in. You can't just say, well, they would never trade for Ananobi because they can't afford all these guys. Well, they can afford them this season. And one of those guys might be getting traded this offseason. Chris Paul might retire this offseason. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. But this, the, his contract was set up in such a way where the financial hit was this year and last year. I mean, they set up the contract. We're now going forward after this year. The financial hit isn't quite as big if he moves on or they move on or whatever. I don't want to see Chris Paul leave. But I'm just saying, nothing. it's not set in stone that this starting lineup is instantly back next year. I think a lot of it hinges, honestly, on what happens in the playoffs this year. So if you have a chance to go get OG Ananobi and you don't have to give up any of that core, it's worth it to go for it this year if we're just talking about picks and role players. Yes, Here's Shams, okay? I'm going to just a couple couple quotes here from Shams from yesterday. And actually turn the audio on, too. The Raptors are taking calls on OG Ananobi. You look at the Knicks, they're willing to give up multiple first-round picks for OG Ananobi. But another team in the last week or so that's emerged is the Phoenix Suns. I think they're a team that ha- they have the assets. Eight first-round draft picks at their disposal between now and 2030. They've got the picks. Uh, they've got players. They've got guys like Cam Johnson. You have expiring contracts like Darius Sarge, Jay Crowder. Can you put together a package for OG Ananobi? Uh, could you go get something for a Jay Crowder that can kind of replenish your bench. I think those are really the two pathways right now. <laughs> yeah. Picks and Jay. There's a lot out there. There really is. Just leave Cam Johnson out of it, please. Like, this guy is not done developing, and he is a good player. And OG is not the shooter that Cam Johnson is. No, no, he is a really good defender. But I think if you made that trade, that trade just doesn't make a ton of sense for either team because then Toronto's going to have to pay Cam anyway. And we just read the clip from Sportsnet where they're having a hard time figuring out how to pay Siakam and OG Ananobi and Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Vliet. So they're probably going to move on from somebody to avoid that. Why would they bring in Cam Johnson and then have to pay him in a couple months? And we have Matty Ish. Yeah, we see we we can pay guys now. That's Um, right. Hey, we're billionaires here, bro. I think at a certain point, I don't know, is the Canadian dollar worth more or less? No, no, I don't know. Um, Exchange. It it feels like you, you you could pull something off for a substantial player with the picks that you have, and then you could trade Jay Crowder for a role player. That's what I have to think the Suns' approach is going into this trade deadline. We've got picks, which are... It's like currency that a lot of other contenders don't have. Because, I mean, let's be honest, it's yeah. tough to make, tougher to make trades now when you have the play-in tournament and, like, all but six teams think they're still in this thing. Yeah. 
Here's one more from Shams talking about the Suns uh, this offseason. For the Suns, I think the, the point guard search probably looks more into the summertime because right now the, the need is more at the, at the wing. They've got CP, they've got Book, they've got Aiton. Um, and I, I think with Devin Booker, the good news is they have traded water for the most part. They've won six of seven without Devin Booker. He's doing more and more. He's doing everything right now besides five on five. So the Suns do believe that he's getting closer to making a return. And the way he's played, how good he's been, I do think he has the ability to take this team from what they are now, which is a fringe playoff team, to a contender. Yeah, that's what they need, honestly. They need that wing player, of course, and campaign needs to get healthy. That's what they need. Man, it doesn't feel like campaign's on this team right now, does it? No, it doesn't. And they need him to be campaign from two years ago. They, they and he do. was having a good season, I think. He was. And I always go back to those quotes from Chris Paul at the start of the year, how they wanted to find ways to take some of the weight off CP3 and Devin Booker. They have done it with, with, with CP3, even though he's playing now, partially because of Mikel Bridges. But <laughs> I think we all thought when he said that, a lot of it would fall on campaign. And campaign's the one that's not playing. Chris Paul is. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Like this text from the 602. says, I think Sean Payton did not come to Arizona because K-1 might not play next year. That is a complicating factor we're going to have to get into here. And and we're maybe never going to know exactly how much that played into it. When we come back, what's next for the Cardinals head coaching search now that Payton is off the list? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, here we are. Wolf, I think... I think part of what stings for Cardinals fans right now is, yes, okay, it feels like he got leveraged by Sean Payton. Yes, it's like you said before, we kind of all thought he was going to Denver, and then there was all this just this circus to pretend that he wasn't, and then he ended up in Denver. But I think the other thing that has Cardinals fans concerned is it's been like four weeks since Cliff Kingsbury got that one-way ticket to Thailand. Yeah. Um, you still don't have a coach, and the only other team out there that doesn't have a coach is Indianapolis which I guess the good news is Indianapolis, they're not going to get in your way. They may hire some guy that was like Jim Irsay scuba instructor 15 years ago. Like, there's Don't worry about it. If you want somebody, Indianapolis isn't going to take them from you. But I, you just don't want to be in the same position as Indianapolis. Because whether this is the case or not, it looks like you're digging through the leftovers. So, no, you're right. Um, who's going to be the Arizona Cardinals' next head coach? That is the question that we're asking right now. We're all wondering. Brian Flores, Vance Joseph, Luana Rumo, Aaron Glenn. I I don't know. I'd like to see Brian Flores or Vance Joseph get the job at this point. One knows Kyler and has a player-coach relationship with Kyler Murray. The other doesn't. Who's better suited to actually reach Kyler Murray? Now listen, all of this matters because Kyler matters. And Kyler has got to want it first and foremost above all else. Or you got nothing. If Kyler doesn't want it, if Kyler doesn't want to get better, if Kyler isn't going to be committed to getting better, if Kyler doesn't think he needs some type of offense or some type of fix, then we've got bigger problems. Yeah, then you may as well just not even hire a coach. Um, You didn't need to fire the last coach at that point because if Kyler doesn't feel like he needs to improve, then you're just going to be... He's talented enough that when he's healthy, you're going to go 8-9 and every year. You know what I mean? Or 7-10, but you're never going to get anywhere. Uh, Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully he's he's completely like, yeah, we got to... You know, If he wasn't already that way, then the fact that your coach is fired and there's this major overhaul is kind of the jump start uh, that, that he needs to, to feel that way. 
the names that they have interviewed that are still out there, okay, interviewed or are interviewing, just to kind of reset now because Sean Payton is gone, Frank Reich's gone, D'Amico Ryan's, they never interviewed him, but he's gone, Dan Quinn is gone. So here's the names that are left that they've already talked to. Mike Kafka, Lou Anarumo, Brian Callahan, Brian Flores, Ajiro Evero, Aaron Glenn, Vance Joseph. The only one of those names, and, and it has been this way since the start, that I'm really interested in is Brian Flores. But I do wonder now, it's been a couple weeks mm-hmm. since they talked about, are they really interested in Brian Flores? Yeah, that's a great question right there. Um, don't know the answer to it. If I had to guess, I think Brian Flores would be the front runner. In this search for two reasons, but understand Basinonians, as I say that, I've been wrong about everything in regard to this. <laughs> and it's okay. Failed and flawed product that I am. It happens every day. I'd rather be fair than right. But right now, when you look at this, it's, I think, for two reasons. I, I think the reason number one that Brian Flores could be the front runner here is because of Monty Ossenfort and his relationship with Monty. I think that's really, really important. They, they work together with the Patriots and in the Patriots organization, of course, and I like that kind of synergy. When you're talking about culture and how important it is that you build culture here, organizational culture, where it extends from the locker room up to the front office and from the front office down to the locker room and from the front office and the locker room out onto the field on game day, an entire culture from the very top to the bottom. I think synergy is important, and I think that's one reason. The second reason is the outsider mentality. Uh, I, I, I think somebody outside the organization has a better shot of actually being able to make an impact on Kyler Murray and change the offense going forward. I, I, th- I could be dead wrong on that, Basinonians. Like a I have everything else. A lot of us But I feel like that outsider mentality has the best chance now that Sean Payton is no longer an option to reach Kyler Murray. What worries me here is those seven names I just read, only two of them have NFL head coaching experience. Brian Flores, who to me now is, is I don't know that he's the front runner, but he is leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else that's left in terms of who I want. And Vance Joseph, who there's a lot of wrinkles to that. Bring in somebody. I mean, if, if you go yeah. through all of this and at F four plus weeks or whatever it ends up being when they make a hire, they're like, Vance Joseph was the guy we wanted all along. <laughs> How can you how can you feel that way? That's not a knock on Vance. I've said this a million times. I think he deserves to be a head coach somewhere. He does, but I I don't know if this situation is right. But at the same time, I would rather have him than an unproven offensive coordinator. And it's funny, Wolf, because the pushback I, I don't get much pushback on this. But when I do, it's like okay, but an unproven offensive coordinator still has more experience than Cliff did when they hired him. Yeah, that's fine, but not then Cliff did three years into his job as NFL head coach. So the guy you just fired had four years of NFL head coaching experience as like an offensive guru. You're going to bring in another unproven offensive guru? Yeah. You you got to get somebody that has coached in this I league before or you really better be right. Yeah, I, I, I don't see that. And he, he bring up Vance Joseph in, in regard to him being a quality candidate. And he is based on earnings. He does deserve uh, to get another shot at being a head coach. But um, I think the familiarity... With Vance Joseph in the season that was 2022, I think it actually works against him him, at this point. And that's unfair. It just is unfair. 
But it's the truth. Uh, I think it is a factor, and it's working against him because he's tied to what happened here last year. Well, and and I'd say this for Flores, too, and some of these guys that they talked to a while ago. Doesn't it kind of feel like if they really wanted Brian Flores or they really wanted Ejiro Evero or somebody that they talked to two weeks ago, doesn't it feel like they would have just either hired them by now or be hiring them today? Soon. The turning, really, yeah. Wasn't the turning point supposed to be Sean Payton? You could yeah. easily, easily look and say, they talked to Sean Payton and then they set up more interviews. So maybe the Cardinals were done with Sean Payton before yesterday's news happened. But if that's the case, it doesn't make it look like they really were that into anybody they interviewed two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, the other interviews that they aligned, the other interviews they lined up right there, I think that that was twofold. I do. I think it was creating leverage for themselves, saying we're moving on. And not only that, but also casting that net far and wide. What do you have to lose? If Sean Payton would eventually, for whatever, I have no idea what the negotiations were with the New Orleans Saints, what was going on, Sean Payton, I have no idea if he really wanted to be an Arizona Cardinal, if the price was right. I have no idea what was going on, negotiations with Sean Payton and with the New Orleans Saints. But when you think about it, um, yeah, if you're going to line up leverage in other interviews, that only helps you. There's no downside for the Arizona Cardinals. Because if you get Sean Payton, you get him. Yeah. If you don't, you're interviewing other people. There's no downside for the Cardinals. I, I don't think they have really mishandled much yet. But the, except I, the problem is now you're looking at seven guys, and and I don't know a way to sound this. I don't mean this to sound as bad as it does, but it looks like you're looking at seven guys. You're choosing between seven guys that nobody else is trying to get yeah. right now. It's not like, well, you know, we got to hurry up and move on this guy because this other team might want him. Well, everybody else. Made their decisions, except the Colts, who don't even really count. <laughs> you're, just, you're just dismissing the Indianapolis the Colts. Colts. I love it. Hire whoever's on ESPN later today. Hey, say. Uh, so it, that's tough because it's like, well, yeah, maybe they could circle back to Flores. They knew this all this time, but they knew it because nobody else is trying to hire him. Nobody else is trying to hire Vance Joseph. Nobody else is trying to hire Brian Callahan right now as a head coach. And, and that doesn't mean that those guys won't end up being a good hire. Like, remember Bruce Arians? They yeah. were the last team to hire, and that worked out great. Yes. But that's just a shaky strategy to keep going with. The other name, I mean, do you just wait until the Super Bowl and talk to Shane Steichen at this point? That's it's a young offensive mind, which I don't necessarily like, but at least yeah. he's running an offense that fits Kyler more in Philly. Yeah. I don't know. That's me trying to talk myself into Shane Steichen four yeah. weeks into this. Starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text SUPER to 620 to register. And once you hear your name, call in within the time frame and you could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text SUPER to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. All right, we come back. Tom Brady has officially announced his retirement again. So do we believe it this time? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I am kind of laughing at this, Wolf. I mean, it doesn't ultimately matter, but the whole Sean Payton thing, I'm not exaggerating. If you, We've had, what, we've had NFL Network, ESPN, and FS1 on in the studio for, and all they have talked about is Tom Brady. Brady, Brady, Brady. So enjoy your... 
big quarterback hire, Denver, or yes, coaching hire. Right. <laughs> Just like you enjoyed your big quarterback hire last year. Yeah, it still makes the, me you sad. Know, you know what's amazing? You mentioned last year, February 1st, 2022, Tom Brady announces he's retiring. Mm-hmm. Remember that? I do remember the that. The same day. Come on, Tom. What are you doing? I remember March what kind 13th of, game of 2022. Is he playing right now? <laughs> is he a Mason? That's what I, is he a Freemason? That is the question we need to ask. That's the Why question we that need to ask. Date right there. <laughs> February 1st, 2023. To the day he announces his retirement. Only this time, it's for real. Well, you, you know people have already done the math, right? March 13th is the day he unretires. So February 1st is Tom Brady retirement day and March 13th He's is done. unretirement He's day. He's done. Okay. Even with San Francisco now, He's according to done. all reports, they don't have Brock Purdy for a year. He's getting a second opinion, but according to Doff Kleiman and others on the, on out there on the social media yeah, world. No, he's done, man. How many people saw it right now? Tom Brady, of course. Go ahead and raise your hand, base and audience, wherever you may be. I don't care. Just make sure your your eyes are on the road as you're doing it. Um, how cool was that little video from Tom Brady? What a class act. That that was my first thought watching it. What a class act. This, that was Tom Brady to me. He was pithy, but but poignant. He, he was emotional, yet he didn't cry. He wasn't bawling all over the place, all right? Uh, he was grateful and humble, thoughtful and professional. Thank you, Tom. Here, I'm going to play the video, and then I'm going to give you a counterpoint, okay? Okay, yeah. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first, so I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year, so I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors, uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. So I think it's legit this time. You know me. Last year we did the show. I was like, I, don't, I think he's coming back. I think, <laughs> a year yeah. ago, I absolutely I thought he was coming crazy. back. I thought he was coming back to play for San Francisco last year, actually. Um, but I... Let's let's deal in reality here, though. Too, if San Francisco really doesn't have Brock Purdy for a year, if that if that's like if he's going to miss next season, basically, and let's say I mean they're not going to keep Jimmy G around, so they bring in somebody. But let's say they have another season like they just had. Trey Lance gets hurt, and the backup isn't any good, right? I mean, but that's kind of what's supposed to happen. You lose your starter, and then your backup. You're not supposed to have a good third string quarterback. I'm not saying Brady's going to wait that out, but, I'm, but the talk is going to be there. <laughs> you believe it. No, you believe he's coming back. No, I believe teams like San Francisco will call him and try and talk him into coming back. Oh, my goodness. So um, As he's sitting there on that beach today, which may or may not be Gronk Beach, I, I think he's fully sincere in what he's saying. That he that this you, you time think, he's legitimately retiring. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I think he's done. But I think, I think teams are going to try and push him to come back. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, but I don't think he's going to come back. I think Tom Brady is done, and the reason why I say that with certitude is because he saw his own athletic mortality. He did, right? We we all saw him play, and he didn't look like Tom Brady. 
true. Even though he threw for a ton of yards, it's because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they refused to run the ball. They would not run the ball. It was Tom Brady throwing it. That's all they were going to do. Tom Brady, um, thank goodness he, he is retiring. I, I say this out of love and respect for Tom Brady, seriously. As a former player, I want to, we all want to remember Tom Brady being Tom Brady. We don't want to remember Tom Brady missing open receivers. We don't want to be, no, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to remember that. No, thank you. Tom Brady, the reason why he's retiring, he could not handle mediocrity. And he was mediocre when you think, and I know he threw for a ton of yards this year, but once again, that was the only way they were going to move the ball. That was the only way they were going to do it. They were going to throw, 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 period. Well, realistically, for what, the first time on in his career when he was actually healthy and playing, he was on a team that wasn't a playoff team. Like I know they made the playoffs, but they were 8-9 and nine in a terrible division. So I'm not saying... This is not a debate of you shouldn't make the playoffs if you win your division. But if I'm Tom Brady, I'm looking and I'm saying, I was on a sub-500 team. Like It's not like they, a year ago they made the playoffs and they were a dangerous team. That's why I was just kind of like, he's going to come back. Now again, I thought he was going to come back with San Francisco last year, and here I am again. I think, I just don't think it's 0% chance. Because there is absolutely a scenario where we get in the next season and Trey Lance isn't good. Or he gets hurt. Every San Francisco quarterback seems to get hurt. Yeah, and and we get into week eight, and the Forty ers are six and two or whatever, and they're like, Tom, just we don't have a quarterback this year. When when teams didn't have a quarterback, they had nobody to call. I believe there is a zero percent chance he will play again. I believe the story will be out there. Oh yeah, the story's going to be out there. It's just there's no way he's going to play again. Now, this coming from somebody that bought his story the first time because he used his family as, as the reason why he was going to retire. And we all know how that went. So, please, Tom, you're 45. You're the greatest ever. And I, 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 in, in our lifetime, we'll never see it. And he's still going out... Like I know his bar for on top is winning the Super Bowl every other year, and so I get he didn't win the Super Bowl this year, and I get that it wasn't that his team wasn't very good, and I mean they were just average, like they were a little bit below average. He was he wasn't Tom Brady, but he wasn't the worst quarterback in the league either. No, I'm just saying if, no. if, if this is it and he retires, nobody's going to look back the way they look back on some other players and be like, oh, they hung on too long and they Brett tarnished Favre. their legacy. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that Brady didn't tarnish his legacy yet. Yeah, listen, seven. Seven Super Bowl, seven-time Super Bowl champion. Think it's about tough that to tarnish me. that legacy. Five Super Bowl MVPs. <laughs> he's, he's the greatest ever. And I love the fact he's walking away. Now, well done, Tommy. You still would have preferred last year, though? Like, Do you think the better scenario is if he just stays away last year? Because I, I don't think this year mattered. I guess is what I'm saying. Like... He made the playoffs. He shouldn't have. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. I think. I, I think honestly, I was more inclined. Everybody deserves a redo. I think everybody. You know what? That was my bet. No, no. I. Everybody deserves to change their mind. I think. But the punishment is you have to come back on a team that won't let you hand off ever. That's basically what we got last year. Tom, you can come back, but you're going to have to attempt to pass on every down. Because yes. we just suddenly don't trust Leonard Fournette or Rashad White, who was amazing at ASU. And at the end of the year, again, you could see that Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady. 
And I think Tom Brady saw that. He's not going to handle mediocrity well. Not not Tommy. No way. Why didn't Sean Payton just go back to New Orleans? That's that's a much easier path to a, a playoff spot in that division right now. With Carolina doesn't have a quarterback. Uh, Atlanta, I guess, is Desmond Ritter. Tampa doesn't have a quarterback. I guess the problem is New Orleans doesn't have a quarterback. <laughs> like that whole division just doesn't have quarterbacks. Uh, all right. When we come back, what would you have been willing to give up? For Sean Payton, would you have matched the Denver offer? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.